an architectural nightmare. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. Well, I went to Breakfast Club again this week, and we talked a little bit about it before. It's this essentially like old LA tradition that started in the 1920, 20 or 21, um, where a bunch of, uh, white guys, studio executives, Will Rogers. Um, they were like, yeah, just a lot of like high profile dudes would go have breakfast and then ride up into Griffith park. And it still is happening to this day at, um, this place off of Los Feliz Boulevard. It's like 7 a.m., right? Yeah, it's 7 a.m., mm-hmm. bright and early. So you have to, to be get pretty there. dedicated, and it's got to be pretty good for you to get up that early to go. Yeah, and it is. It, it really delivers. What if there was no breakfast? I mean, it doesn't matter. It's so, okay. it's like you say the Pledge of Allegiance, you sing songs with people, you go and hang out, and then there's a lecture um, at the end of everyone. So it's like you go there and it feels like you are in a different place. It feels like you're in like middle school again, but like adult middle school with other adults of various ages. It's very interesting. And yes, there is breakfast too. Um, a lot of the times there's like a French toast thing, a lot of eggs happening. Um, there's oatmeal, there's coffee, everything you need. Oh. I love it. It's $15. If you're not a member, you can become a member too. Are you going to become one? I think I, Am, but I think I'd also feel pressure to become a member um, and like go all the time. And it's just, it's so early too. You know, like I'm getting up at six, six thirty ish to get there by seven. It's very close to my yeah. apartment though, but it's very cool. And uh, I want to plug it because it's awesome. Um, but they had a lecturer today, today, Wednesday, when we recorded this, who was talking about the Frank Lloyd Wright houses in LA which are all incredibly interesting. We covered uh, Frank Lloyd Wright Jr.'s house uh, where the Black Dahlia died yeah. a couple episodes ago. We haven't really covered any of his houses here, but I it reminded me of a house around where I went to college at Madison um, called Taliesin, which has which is gorgeous. In fact, I dated a guy who was a tour guide there. So I've been there a couple of times, um, did some fooling around yeah. in the bushes of Taliesin. You gave Sorry. him a tour as well? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a tour, yeah, it was an emotional <laughs> nightmare tour. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, but Taliesin is this house, it's in Spring Green, Wisconsin. It is beautiful, picturesque, and the home of the darkest point in Frank Lloyd Wright's career and many deaths. So. I thought it was going to be like, it was beautiful, it was nice, and that's it. And that's it. Nice, it's a nice house. Closed. <laughs> yeah. I had a lovely time yeah. on Wednesday, and that is enough. Yeah. Can't exactly. you just be happy with that? No, it's got, you know it's going to. Yeah. Uh, Taliesin is incredible. We're going to get into the history of that, but how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I, I'm thinking, today? like, I always want, like, I'm not super familiar with, like, I, I am kind of culturally, and I know mm-hmm. I've seen, like, what's a craftsman home? Like, mm-hmm. I'm into, you know, I'm definitely into, like, mid century yeah. uh, architecture. Well, we're white I, I people like this, in Los Angeles. I like space age. Mm-hmm. Like, so I appreciate it, but I don't really know a lot of the fundamentals. Like, I don't know. It, like, I'm sure I've seen a uh, Frank Lloyd Wright house, but mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember like being like, oh, that's a Frank yeah. Lloyd Wright house. Yeah, I also feel like my education in like architecturally speaking was really light too. And when I lived in Chicago, it became much better because Chicago's architecturally obsessed um, but I wish I knew more and I feel like being in LA too, and, and we're in, we're recording this right now in Angelino Heights, which is 
uh, crazy architecturally speaking. There's old Victorians, there's craftsmen, there's East Lake homes, there's all these different types of styles here up on this little hill next to downtown LA. So I got a little more into it then. Um, what do, do you know? I mean, is there like a area that it has a lot of Franklin Wright homes predominantly, or is it just yeah. kind of all over? I mean, mostly in, uh, I mean, he did stuff everywhere. He did the Tokyo Hotel. He, he's been, you know, West Coast, East Coast, but he is really, and I think this is why, which is also interesting why I don't know as much about it, but he lived in a suburb of Chicago for a lot of his life. Um, so there's so many places in Wisconsin and Illinois um, and Ohio. He's a very Midwestern architecture uh, architect. Um, but he was out in L.A. for a long time, too. Um, he's done stuff in New York. But it's really, when you think of a Frank Lloyd Wright house, you think of a private residence that is kind of like one-story ranch style in the Midwest, in rural Midwest, and um, kind of everything fits together. Like, he designed every piece of furniture. Like, everything is, like, as is you live. It's almost like you don't, like, you live in Frank Lloyd Wright's house, you don't he get. He didn't design yeah. it for you. You're not bringing in some like you know? Home Goods or TJ Maxx. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. Know? You're not you're bringing not. in a Kia Comforter. No, to his house. So like the house is like a larger than life, uh, historic relic of his, and people just live there, kind of a thing. Okay. So it's very, yeah, they're all very ornate. They all really um, work with the landscape around them. Uh, Taliesin's a good example of that, but they're they're pretty incredible. Yeah, the ones out here too. You can tour. Maybe we'll do one of the ones out here at some point. But yeah, I've always I wanted to do. That's mm-hmm. why I was asking. I was wanted to you know just just so I can put together like oh okay I know what this is, but I yeah. couldn't make the connection. Yeah, I mean he did the one um, uh, Barnes Barnesdale Park Barnesdale Park. I always which say that I'm wrong. familiar by name. Yeah, he did a house that's probably the closest one to us now. But there's some in Pasadena um, and out a little bit further. So they're they're everywhere. I yeah. highly recommend it. Um, but we're going to talk about Taliesin, which again, they're all beautiful. This one is disturbingly dark. Um, so it is very close to spring green, Wisconsin. I'm from Milwaukee, which is about two hours away and it's maybe 30 minutes from Madison, the capital of Wisconsin. Um, so it's in the middle of nowhere and it was developed on land that his Frank Lloyd Wright's mom originally owned or her, her family owned. So he built it to make kind of be an homage to that, um, to have a space outside of, he lived in Oak Park, Illinois at that point. Um, which is weird to have like a guest. It's like, I live in a suburb of Illinois. I'm going to have a vacation spot in a suburb of Wisconsin (laughs) kind of a thing. Yeah. It's not very, uh, no, it's like, cool. I guess it's like, I live down the block. I'm going to create a house to vacation in down the block. Yeah. So it's like a staycation. Yeah. But you're actually going somewhere. It's just just another house. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he designed the structure two years after leaving his first wife and six children in Oak Park, Illinois. He met his mistress, Martha Mama Borthwick, sexy, nickname and she was a Michigan born translator um, and they had this like whirlwind relationship he met her through his wife Uh, they were at a dinner party and she introduced her as a potential client and actually he did design a house for her and her old family that's his way in he's like let me design a house so many architects do that architects like man they get around because they're like I'm this innovative house designer you need a house can I come in your house yeah ooh how about that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's like how architects work sometimes. They just, and especially Frank Lloyd Wright, he, him and his son and his competitors, they would like 
fuck a lot of the wives whose houses they were designing. It was just kind of what happened. Um, so they had this crazy whirlwind romance open. Like they, they were like together kind of, they went to Europe together too separately, but then like reconvened and like had this insane, uh, courtship. They left their families and went to Wisconsin together to live in this like love nest dream house. And also Frank Lloyd Wright was a, I just want to say like a really, really big piece of shit. Like he, he was great and a genius and all of that, but he was unabashedly arrogant about pretty much everything. Um, well, so, he has three names. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Know. Three white guy names oh, yeah. all together. Yeah. Like what else? You put a Blake on the end of that and you're like, you know, he was like, Oh yeah. Um, my name is Frank Lloyd, Wright, Not Frank Lloyd wrong. <laughs> That would be my comeback. I want forever. two more of these for the duration of the podcast. I will. I That's use, your first I, I one. Use my first one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I just want to give you two quotes of him that characterize who Frank Lloyd Wright was. Um, so here's what he thought about uh, standard conventions and the outside world um, looked at his relationship. He thought, "quote." Two women were necessary for a man of artistic mind, one to be the mother of his children and the other to be his mental companion, his inspiration, and his soulmate. He told that to a reporter, okay? Uh, to another reporter, he said, laws and rules are made for the average. The ordinary man cannot live without rules to guide his conduct. It is infinitely more difficult to live without rules, but that is what is really honest, sincere, and the thinking man is compelled to do. So, oh. you know, just... Uh, Probably, like, really easy to get along with, you oh, know? yeah. Exactly. And his reputation, and this is the thing about his homes in L.A., his reputation had preceded him. He could do a lot in the Midwest because he was, like, a god there. But in L.A., people were like, hmm, he had a little more difficulty out here, which is what the lecturer at the Breakfast Club primarily talked about. So let's get back to Taliesin. Um, so the design of the original building was really prairie school, like I talked about. Um, like, it's very flat. There's a lot of, like, different planes and levels. It uses limestone um, that's consistent with, like, a lot of the mineral deposits in Wisconsin. It was completed in 1911 and called Taliesin, which is a, a nod to Wright's Welsh, Welsh history, um, which I don't know what that means in Welsh or what anything about Welsh culture, but that's a thing. Anyway, so it was named that. And now I want to introduce you to a guy that he staffed once the house was done. His name was Julian Carlton. He came to Taliesin in June 1914. He was 30. He was from Barbados, and he had worked for a prominent Chicago caterer. So he was hired to be the cook for the house. Him and his wife Gertrude were hired by Wright, and they would cook. They would serve food. They would clean up. Um, and it was pretty okay. Like he had this like wonderful house, him and his not wife, just his mistress, because actually his first wife, Catherine wouldn't grant him a divorce for like 10 years after that. Um, yeah, she, if I were her, I'd clamor for everything I deserved in my 15 year long marriage. Anyway, so they were in this house, they staffed it up, things were fine, but on August 15th, 1914, Wright was away attending to the construction of Midway Gardens in Chicago and got a terrible message. It said simply, Taliesin destroyed by fire. And that was it. Um, he was spared any details of it, message out of the blue, freaking out a little bit. It was like, it was destroyed by fire. Can we move on? Yeah. Like, like, let's, and next, yeah. uh, <laughs> anything else, uh, get over it. Yeah. Like, and then it said, get over it. Exactly yeah. at the bottom. How long am I going to talk about Asterisk. this? <laughs> so back at the house, Mama, his uh, mistress, was staying at, staying there with her two children, Martha, 8, and John, 12. They lived with their father but had come to Wisconsin for a summer visit. 
Also, there were a few workers there. Carpenter Billy Weston, who was 35, his 13-year-old son, Ernest, two draftsmen, um, Emil Braudel and Herbert Fritz, in their 20s. A gardener, David Lindblom, in his 50s, and a laborer, Thomas Brunker, who was 66. So, let me set the scene. Lunchtime. Taliesin. Mama and her children settled into the dining area. Carlton served them soup. I don't know what kind of soup, so don't even ask. As they lifted their spoons to their mouths, he came up behind Mama and split her skull with a hatchet. He quickly did the same with her son. Um, Martha, the youngest daughter, ran, but the killer soon caught her and delivered four blows to her skull, and she died. In another dining area on the other side of the house, the five men and the boy were preparing for their midday meal. As he had earlier, Carlton served the soup and then stepped outside the door. Um, One survivor, Fritz, later said that he noticed... Something flowing under the screen door from the court. We thought it was nothing but soap suds spilled outside. The liquid ran under my chair, and I noticed the odor of gasoline. A moment later, Fritz recalled, a streak of flame shot under my chair. In seconds, the room and its occupants were on fire. So what he did was Carlton leaked gasoline as they were eating soup, uh, bolted the door, and then lit everything on fire. And then the men, their clothes now burning, tried to get out through the windows or by battering down the door. Uh, Once they had gotten through the door, Carlton met them there with an axe. Uh, Burdell was axed and died. Ernest Weston, Brunker, and Lindblom held on for a few days um, after after escaping and then getting uh, hit in the head with the axe. Fritz survived by crashing through a window and rolling down an embankment towards a creek. Uh, So Wright's home went up in flames and the bodies of his partner her children and all of the workers except for one um perished in the flames and then but not by the flames because they were also killed no wonder before. you always wanted to have two women just, right? just one <laughs> just, you gotta have a couple you gotta have yeah, you got a spare oof. i guess right yeah um i only the architect studio and a couple agricultural buildings survived the fire so it was totally burned down to the ground um which is like Talk about like a modern nightmare story of like someone waiting outside. You're burning to death. You can do you want to how do you want to die? Do you want to go being burned to death? Do you want to go down this like weird ridge and see if you don't break your neck? Or do you want to get uh, killed by an axe to the blow to the back of your head? Pick. I don't know. Well, can I pick two? Mm, <laughs> you can get one and a half. <laughs> um so Carlton at that point uh, had, he swallowed hypochloric acid. They actually don't know exactly what kind of acid, something he swallowed um, by the time searchers found him. Because Fritz, who had, who had survived the fall, um, went to get help and people immediately came back to the home. Um, so he found him hiding in a furnace, still clutching the bloody hatchet. Surrounded by a crowd intent on, on lynching, he croaked out a cryptic message. They'd better let me live if they expect to find out something. But he'd also taken acid, like, to kill himself, I assume. So he was just like not obvious, obviously not in his right mind. Um, so then it's like, what happened? You know, uh, there was no trial. Carlton lives for only seven and a half more weeks without uttering a meaningful word about the motive behind his rampage. Gertrude Carlton uh, said her husband had become increasingly paranoid in the weeks prior to the attack and kept that hatchet next to his bed in case of emergencies. So it's like, oh, tell somebody. If someone seems like they're losing their mind, Go to somebody. Um, But then, like, you think about the climate of what was happening there. Um, And before we talk about theories, let's take a little break, shall we? All right. All right. 
All right, so we all know dating is extremely difficult. I should definitely know because I found love on national television in front of millions of people. Hey guys, this is Kendall Long and I'm starting a new podcast called Down to Date. We have bars and apps for dating, so why not do it on a podcast? We bring in two complete strangers to see if they are down to date. We ask questions you would never want to ask on a first date. Questions like, who did you vote for during the last presidential election? Or what was your first sexual experience like? We also have very heated debates. Debates like, is it justifiable to murder a murderer? Very lighthearted, you know, your very typical first date conversation. Our first episode drops on September 17th, so please make sure do not miss it. You want to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. Make sure you check out Down to Date and see if people can fall in love on a podcast. Uh, and yeah, I want to. Can we yeah. do a couple of uh, uh, emails and stuff? Yeah, just I love to kind of, you know, just kind of uh, to show that people do contact us. It's not oh. really, it's mostly just to show that, like, there's some people that contact yeah. us. No, we actually do. We get a decent amount of messages. Sure. Uh, I got one from Jennifer Bodie. She's, I'm a direct descendant of Waterman Bodie, Waterman S. Bodie. Hmm. Uh, from the, I guess from the Bo- Bodhi the Bodhi, the Bodhi uh, ghost town. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah, my that's god, really that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, uh, his name was spelled incorrectly. The way my name is spelled is properly spelled B O D E, not B O D I E. I guess. Oh, interesting. But I got that from so somebody was, uh, I guess, I don't know where I got that information, but either somebody mm-hmm. else did it, or there's just a couple of different um, places that it places that it comes from. Oh, yeah, that's good to know. Thank yeah. you for. I've been also like. Awesome. Like, yeah. please correct us. Yeah. We beg Look, of you. And then, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to uh, our Instagram, which right. is Ghost Town Pod. Yes. Go there. Follow us, please. Yeah. You can always send us a nice message if you yeah. want. I know. Uh, uh, here, oh, you know what? This is one that was really nice from Mrs. Dot Lons. You know, Mrs. Lons? <laughs> yeah. I'll read it. It says, Y'all are truly my favorite podcast. Please don't set- censor Rebecca. Uh, yes. And Jason, you're amazing and Gorgeous, drop okay, dead okay, gorgeous. Okay, okay, Man, it's okay, not okay, even. Okay. Are you human? You human? How is that possible? It's a crime. Uh, to be are you a gorgeous. sex robot? Because set for the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, She's and, married, Jason. Oh yeah, Mrs. Lons. Okay. Uh, well, Mr. Lons, you're very, very lucky. And <laughs> Jason, you're yeah, amazing. Yeah, you excellent taste. Just the way you are. I started last week and made it through all the episodes, and now I'm sad. She fucking binged us. You know how great that feels. feels what, do you think? Really what, what was she snacking on? Do you think when she was listening to us? Cookies or cakes or yeah. fine, like a yeah. crinkle cut French fry. I think she mixed a it dip. up. Yeah. I think she's like, I, she hit all the major food groups, <laughs> like <laughs> the Doritos, the M&M's. Yeah, the Holy Trinity. Yeah. It's like the sweets and the savories yeah. mm. and the tarts. I also love the random ass tangents y'all go on. Yeah. It's They're all tangents. Let me tell you, if I could have a podcast strung together with tangents, I would. They would. Uh, uh, let's see. I know that we have some, uh, we have some other ones in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Now, uh, Nugget of Turd just sends some oh, gifs. a beautiful name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to see. Um, I'm going to see if I have any other ones here really quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, okay. Here's one from KT Smiles 92 mm-hmm. Love your show. You should look into Fairfield Hills in Connecticut. Oh my my God. mom's family is from the area, and my great uncle, who ended up working. Yeah, my ex is from the area though too. So shut it. Is it just really? kidding? Oh, yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm not kidding. Yeah. He's from there, but it's actually beautiful. I worked I worked in uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Oh, damn. Uh, I don't know if Fairfield. I heard of Fairfield. 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 It's probably close by. Mm-hmm. 
worked for Jim Henson involved in the creation of Kermit and Big Bird. And grandfather actually visited to put on a puppet show for the patients there. At the time, my grandfather said he could hear the screams and yelling from outside the facility. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Uh, Fairfield Hills must be a... Is it a town and a place? Yeah. Well, Fairfield, Connecticut is I know, a Yeah, place. I know Fairfield. Yeah, the hills are what? The hills outside of it? Yeah. I don't know. All uh, I think about is The Witch, that movie, because that was all um, Connecticut-based. Get, get some weird ones here. Let's see. Mm. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't know if I've read this. I don't think I have. Hey, guys. This is from... Uh, Juanma underscore Bermudez underscore. Hey, guys. Greetings from Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I was thinking you can cover one of the most haunted places here in my country. It's called uh, the San Antonio Duran. I don't know if I'm saying San that. San Antonio Duran? San Antonio Duran. Oh, that sounds uh, fucking creepy as hell. Uh, and it was the first clinic for tuberculosis patients Ooh. in America, I believe. It's a really interesting place located in the, uh, I guess the outskirts of a volcano. That's awesome. thought it might be an interesting story. Uh, Jason, you're gorgeous okay, oh is this okay, even for okay, real okay, okay. i can't even type this anymore <laughs> this even uh, for real then, uh, finishes it off great uh uh by the way the episode on black metal is great loved it yeah so we got yeah. uh and you know you can that always always messages us uh ghost town pod yeah we'd love to do some of your suggestions yeah we, we will yeah them. this is what we're using for information when we put bonus episodes on our patreon yeah, the bonies the bonies <laughs> that has been helping us that you're marketing <laughs> I stay away from marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love marketing. I'm very good at it. Well, what is the name of our podcast again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, if you go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod, we uh, two bonus episodes a month and some other random stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we use suggestions that people send in sometimes. Yeah, and we love any feedback. And any Bad, feedback. good, yeah. sexy, especially sexy. sexy. As we saw tell, most of the ones I got were Everyone very... Everyone was like in heat in those messages. Yeah, What's that about, Jason? Like, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a podcast host but mm-hmm. also a human and yeah not just some like, I'm object not a piece of meat like yeah. you're not listen just yeah. everybody yeah. relax they don't it, know they don't even know you yeah they don't know people that haven't met me don't realize i'm six two <laughs> the people that met me uh might know differently <laughs> yeah 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 totally well you heard it here everybody yeah I'm, calm down I'm go take two. a cold ass shower yeah and, and stop imagining jason that way yeah uh <sighs> do you want to go back to this Crazy house. <laughs> Taliesin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I call it I the crazy house. You call, the crazy <laughs> house. you call everything the crazy house. I know. You know the fucking places. crazy house? If the Wi-Fi is included, yeah, it's exactly, a crazy house. Yeah, exactly. I got lost in the crazy house. <laughs> yeah. You mean McDonald's? Well, yeah. Like the it's, crazy it's a house? house of burgers. It's a car. It's a car. It's, <laughs> it's not a house. Oh. Anyway. Um, okay, so we talked about this horrible tragedy. <laughs> Let's switch gears. We're getting back there. Pivot, baby. Pivot. Exactly. So... Um, it was hard to say what made Carlton kill all of these people in this house randomly. Um, a lot of people, okay, according to Meryl Seacrest's biography, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, a witness recalled Lindblom having said of Carlton, if anyone around there ever did him any dirt, he would send him to hell in a minute. So volatile. Uh, there were rumors of workers possibly directing racial slurs at Carlton um, because he was an African man. And of a dispute within a few days earlier about saddling a horse that may have been also. The I think you know, if there's, I don't know if there's, if there's mental illness, the, probably the uh, attention and diagnosis to that at that time was. Probably oh no, of a, a uh, cook servant yeah. who's an immigrant. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they're like, just I don't know. Yeah, you're not human to me. Yeah, um, no totally. PPO. 
no, no, no copays, no, no copay, no, no PPO, no massage. Yeah. You don't get like a free acupuncture with your plan. You get free massage? Can you get? Massage? I get free. I get almost free acupuncture. Acupuncture with my plan, which is crazy. They're like birth control, eh, not so fast. Hold on, acupuncture, go for it yeah. as many as you want. Yeah. Anyway, that's a little bit about my plan. Political. Which nobody cared uh, about. Anyway, Carlton, no insurance plan. Uh, one of Taliesin's surviving workers said that Borthwick had told the Carltons that they were being let go. Borthwick was uh, one of the workers that we talked about. Um, so they may have been fired. The killer's wife confirmed that they were due to take a train back to Chicago that night after the soup was served. So that, you know, might have been impetus, like just all of the harnessed rage, racial slurs, injustices, and then finally a firing to kind of like top top that. Um, other people tried to put the blame on Frank Lloyd Wright, hinting that the massacre was a murder for hire arranged by the architect to rid himself of an unwanted lover. Again, his reputation for romancing the wives of his clients and taking on relationships. But is he willing to burn his own house down? For it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I mean, that, probably you know. not because he's very arrogant and loves his own Sure, work, yeah. So. I'm sure he's like the house is more important than anyone that's in it. So. Exactly. Exactly. Still others said that it was uh, divine retribution for the couple's sinful cohabitation. Oh. So God? Right from Did heaven, God do yeah, this? Yeah. I don't know. We'll never know. God? Yeah. Uh, send us an Instagram message. Yeah. Weigh in. Make sure we yeah. get it right. Um. But, uh, yeah, so, so, uh, Carlton died of starvation about seven weeks after all this happened. Um, he never gave, gave a motive. There's, uh, again, evidence to suggest disputes with the workers, um, him being told he was terminated. Nobody knows. We still don't know to this day why this happened, but it did. Um, Frank Lloyd Wright on, at this point though was devastated and he wanted to rebuild Taliesin in his mistress's honor. So, uh, he did that. He started building, it was called Taliesin two, um, built it. Uh, but then in 1925, a lightning storm apparently ignited the wiring sparking, uh, conflagration, conflagration, conflagration. Anyway, that burned the house down. Um, so that second version, which took years to complete, was burned down immediately after this lightning storm. Um, then he started to build Taliesin three. <laughs> keep going. We keep persisting. Um, in 1927, financial problems caused a foreclosure on the building by the Bank of Wisconsin. Frankly, Wright was great at building houses. He was not good at finishing houses um, or finishing them in a timely manner. So many of his houses were way over budget, way over completion. He ran into a lot of trouble in that way. And his own house is no exception. He couldn't really finance finishing it. Uh, he was able to reacquire the building with the financial help of friends and reoccupied it in 1928. Uh, Taliesin three was Wright's home for the rest of his life, although he would go to winter at Taliesin West in Scottsdale. But again, why would you name another house Taliesin? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing, dude? Like, so what's he, happening? he lived in the, he occupied the space mm -hmm. where all that stuff happened. Yeah, I mean, the space, yeah. I mean, I Not the house, it, but I mean, yeah. that's, in, you know, this is it's like... a statement. So, uh, what can you tell... You know, it's like, oh, exactly. there's a lot <laughs> went down here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, but I think it also speaks to his pride, sure. too. And it's like, that his, who would do that? that Nobody would do that. creation is above anything that may yeah, have Yeah, like, exactly. Like anything, it doesn't matter what would happen, his work is the most persistent thing, despite money, despite death, fire, whatever. 
Um, so yeah, in 1937, he had Taliesin and West in Arizona. I believe that still stands too. Um, right, left Taliesin. Um, t- Sorry, that made it, that was like, <laughs> kind of like Jesus. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that was that was an alarm, so I can buy a uh, a candle, a voodoo candle. <laughs> I'm on. Well, it's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Do you expect anything less? Um, but we're wrapping it up here. Don't even worry about it. Uh, so right left Taliesin to the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation, founded by him and his third wife in 1940. Upon his death. her name was Taliesin. <laughs> yeah, her name was Taliesin. Okay. He named her. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So 1959, it was relinquished uh, to be a historical relic. Um, they renovated it to, uh, make it as grand as it used to be. Um, and then basically they do tours there and, uh, my, I wouldn't say he's next. He's a guy that I hooked up with a bunch and probably dated pretty casually. He remembers that I met, you. That I met in community theater in yeah. Madison. He oh. worked there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's occupied by former students of rights and students of the school of architecture at Taliesin and, it's still pretty vibrant, happening, beautiful place. Yeah. You like murder and architecture. And we do, right? And we do. Oh. 